0: the more we can attune ourselves to the different qualities that make us who we are, those there's some good things in that because we can learn to love people better. Is that actually
1: helpful to discuss things like racial reconciliation or to discuss things like dis, uh, disproportionate or disparities in education or police brutality, or whatever the case may be?
0: Like, we would have fundamentally different lenses by which we might read the Bible.
1: All these different things in everyday life are impacted and tied to mm-hmm. maybe Uh, to those secondary identities. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't want to lose the fact that we are
1: who we are either. We don't have to forfeit a Christian worldview to talk about this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kingdom Thinking. This is Hansel, your host, and this is Josh, my co-host. Josh, I have something uh, special today. We're going to do something a little different. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. So as you guys know, we usually have our own scripts for our topics and we present our own ideas. And what we're gonna do today is build off of our conversation uh, from critical race theory, Mm -hmm. this kind of uh, 2020 boogeyman of sorts for the evangelical church. And we're trying to figure out what to do with it, Yep. right? What does it all mean? What are the most reasonable and charitable approaches to dialogue about this? And so on our first episode, we laid the foundation simply with definitions, and what do people mean, what does their own literature suggest about this topic? What we're going to do today, we're actually going to do a React video of sorts. We have um, a really cool video from uh, the Impact 360 Institute, and we have uh, Monique Dusson who presents, I think, a really articulate, a really well-thought-off perspective, that resonates with a lot of people that i know a lot of people and so we're going to take this which i think is a a really well respected uh position and we're going to respond to it Mm -hmm. you ready Mm -hmm. all right
2: should christians use critical race theory as a road to racial reconciliation bluntly i would say no Hmm. what we don't tend to talk about within the framework of critical race theory, is that one of the major components is the view of oppressed and oppressor. These roads never actually intersect. And so there is no meeting or true reconciling because as a woman of color, I will always be in an oppressed position. Now, when we look at scripture, our identity is now as brothers and sisters. My identity is in the cross. It's in the work that was done through Jesus Christ. I am now adopted into the family of God. This completely changes my identity. Culture and critical race theory would say that my identity is trapped within my ethnicity. Yet when we look at scripture, my identity is freed because I am now a part of the kingdom of God and I am God's child. And it doesn't matter white or black or anything in between. Every ethnicity now comes under the subjection of Jesus Christ. We are reconciled as brothers and sisters in the family of God. I don't have to worry any longer of being oppressed and oppressor and the cultural norms or cultural views and definitions that would be placed upon me because of the color of my skin. Christianity is definitely the better way to racial reconciliation and unity
1: all right right. there we have it so the first time i saw this um i got really excited okay i got really excited because um there was immediately so much like mental stimulation in my mind I, i was like oh man i wish i wish you could be here i wish we could have a live conversation about this i think the points that she brings up are very, very representative of a lot of people in our churches, of a lot of people in evangelicalism that we know for sure a lot of people at the the school where I teach, yep. um, professors and other leaders, students there. Yep. Yep. So this seems like a really honest and fair representation of one perspective on this and i think it's asking really good questions that we should consider so as we jump in what did you notice what what's kind of some of your gut response to it before uh, there's three specific things that i think she mentioned that i want to talk about but before i do that yeah, let me I get mean, some gut responses.
0: I think that she brings up uh, so a couple things. I'll do two things I like and two things that I'm kind of troubled by. Okay. Uh, the first one that I really like is the idea that everything is under subjection to Christ. Yeah. Right now. So her
1: operating principle is identity. Yeah. Like, that's that's really cool. And that's
0: that's important to me uh, for a number of reasons. But one, I just mainly I think it's a good thing to yeah. remember that the. Uh, kind of operating system by which we live yes. by as Jesus followers yes. is all things Jesus, and, and so I think what she's really doing there is she's making a, a callback to Galatians three, mm-hmm. right? And, and so uh, I think that's important, yeah. and I think that's that was a good, good good thing for us Solid. to remember. Uh, and I agree with her her latter point that I think Christianity is the way towards rec- racial reconciliation right. because
1: as opposed to the government,
0: yeah, because uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, if <laughs> or the, some other well the government runs the DMV, they're not going to do racial reconciliation <laughs> well, and so uh, so I think there's some good you know conversation pieces in right. There. Um, The two things that kind of struck me as a little bit scary is uh, simply because you're a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you stop being black or being Jewish Mm. or things like this. And so I think in her attempt to elevate Christ at the expense of ethnicity, that is a way. I mean, we saw this happen to the Jewish believers out of the first century, right? Like Mm. this is how the Jews became marginalized and attacked and killed for many centuries by Christians as a result of this marginalizing. Um, and so I think there's kind of a fear there. Obviously that's a very extreme and kind of over the top example. Uh, but I don't want to lose the fact that we are who we are either. Right. Hmm. I'm still a white male and I think that's still important. So right. um, it feels like it's too, I feel like she's kind of presenting a little bit too much of a binary there of like, okay. a, all Jesus, no ethnicity or all ethnicity, no Jesus kind of fear. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, is that I don't think, um, the idea of your ethnicity is not being trapped within identity. I, I don't think that's a fair representation of what CRT actually argues. I think okay. CRT actually more specifically argues that ethnicity is one immutable lens right. by which you see the world there. Right. So I think that's a little bit of a straw man kind of being put forth okay. there.
1: Okay, nice. Good. Yeah, those are some really good thoughts. So the, the first thing that I heard that I want to talk about is um, the idea that uh, in this this theory, in critical race theory, which is a um, a bundle of legal and narrative studies mm-hmm. that tries to observe how the different legal establishments have affected people of different ethnicities right. in the u s. okay in that from that perspective, that the only categories that people are allowed to be or allowed to, Um, to be seen as in that perspective is oppressed or oppressor. So I want to start there with what she mentioned there. Um, So the first thing that I noticed about what she said there is the presentation is that these are mutually exclusive views, right? That in this perspective, people can only be in power or not in power. They can only be um, the beneficiary of systems or... um, the, uh, the injured party Mm -hmm. that results from different legal and social systems that are are set into place over time. And there's never, she says there's never any intersection there, right? These groups can never, there's no Venn diagram. Um, it's either one or the other and it's mutually exclusive. So that's a really powerful way to state that. And how does that, that, how does that strike you? Does that, strike you as too sharp of a contrast, too, um, uh, I don't know what the word, too simplistic?
0: Yeah, it's again, I, I, so CRT is kind of a moving definition, right? Right. It, it's a little bit nebulous, which makes it hard to to pin down. Yeah. Uh, I think the language of oppressor and oppressed is probably fundamental kind of in that conversation somewhere. Uh, but the idea, I don't know how we really get out of that one because historically that is true, right? And kind of the way that it presents itself uh, I think the other side of that, though, is that it's not unique, right? The idea of being one or the other tends to be just how humanity has gone in its development as a whole, and I don't know how you can necessarily reconcile those two understandings of like worldview differences, right? I don't know that CRT presents itself that way in the same way that a Christian worldview does. So I get a little bit, I get a little bit lost in in her analysis there. So
1: are you saying? Yes, oppressed versus oppressor is one way of understanding different historical interactions of civilizations, but that's not because CRT says so, that's just more in observation of just what the, the world has civilization of has human been in history. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're saying Again, it's not the only, right? but it's a part of the amalgam. So you're saying that's not CRT's fault, that that's just flawed humanity's fault. Yeah. Whether in okay. Um so I think what somebody from this position would respond to that is no, 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 no. It's, I'm not simply making an observation about human history or what CRT wants human history to be. Sure. I'm making an observation about the limitations of CRT's proposed solution to that observation. And so, if if you want to say like no, that's just what humanity's been like since you know the the Mongolians conquering China and mm-hmm. then the Dutch and French war and then like it just happened in America again. Yeah. Like if you want to say that, that's fine. I think what uh, what this perspective is saying is we just shouldn't pretend that that's the solution to the problem. Sure. Sure. The the idea that right, like just like be, shift the just shift the power yeah. or, or just shift the money.
0: Like that will make things better. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. My my fear is people who critique CRT have a propensity to try and like get out of that language of that lens entirely, oh, right? Because, interesting. Because it robs of it robs of agency, right? And so somebody who is a black female might be insulted by that, by the way that they have lived, the great decisions they've made and how hard they have worked. If they're they, called something Like, like an oppressed, oppressed. yeah. And so it robs right. them of their agency, right? Somebody I think of as like Candace Owens in this regard. Right. And, and, so, and that's fair. That's a totally fine and in good position to take yeah. because I think you know white liberals can be a little bit pejorative, right? Like kind of that bigotry of low expectations of, of, of minority communities yeah. there. I just don't want to throw that lens out, out completely. I see what you're because saying. Because I think it's a part of the way that we have the starting conversation. I see forward. what you're
1: saying. So uh, I I will say a lot of this, a lot of her points in the video seemed very much all or nothing. Yeah. And so when she starts like, hey, if CRT acknowledges that there's oppressed and oppressor, well, is she implying that we should do away with it altogether? Sure. And if she is suggesting, no, like we shouldn't think of oppressed or oppressor at all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then like, is that actually helpful? To discuss things like racial reconciliation or to discuss things like dis, uh, disproportionate or disparities in education mm-hmm. or police brutality, mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Like, should we actually do away with those categories yeah. altogether? Yeah. That would be a question worth discussing, yeah. right? Right, right. Um, and then I think where she funds that or anchors that point is not oppressed versus oppressor, but child of God in Christ. Yeah, yeah. She harps on, like you said, Galatians 3, this identity. It's no longer. Man, woman, Greek, Jew, slave, free. Like none of these secondary identities matter in comparison to the primary identity right. which is uh freed, redeemed, clothed, in Christ, um, adopted, yeah. all these things, right? And so do you do you hear her as suggesting that the secondary identities
0: don't matter at all? I I don't think she would say that, right? Like if you pressed her on it, I don't yeah. think that would be you know so I'm I'm I want to be intentionally okay, charitable. So, so in if that we're definition. charitable, and we uh,
1: don't assume she's saying
0: that. But I'm afraid that that's kind that's of the, the pushback there, right? That a lot of evangelicals can give sometimes. It's like, hey, come on. It's like, you're not black first. You're a Jesus follower first. And it's like, yes, and, right? So I'm mm. both, yes, a Jesus follower, and I'm a black person, right? Or right. whatever that might be <laughs> yeah. in that scenario. And I think that's important because when we look at the road to which people have become Christians historically. Yeah. It's immensely different for populations. Hmm. Okay, say more about that. And so when you look at the way, so, okay, we'll kind of anchor here in in the black population for a minute, right? When you, uh, an example of this would be like the first Baptist church of whatever town, right? And then you would see something later on down the line that would say the second Baptist church of whatever, right? Your typical white person is not going to know the distinction between the first Baptist and the second Baptist church and how that's rooted in slavery, right? And how black people couldn't be part of the first Baptist church and that kind of thing. So the second Baptist church would arise in a scenario like that, right? Or the idea of people being able to, uh, Dr. James Cohn has a great book called The Cross and the Lynching Tree, right? And that huge symbolism uh, and the idea of like white Christians not even recognizing the horrendous ideas of like lynching, right? Mm-hmm. Where over 6,000 people- The dark irony lynch. of it. Yeah, There and would celebrate that and would call that like a Christian thing to do. And they would gather in towns for this kind of thing. Over and against, right? Black people who would see- the lynching tree as symbolic and significant as the cross itself in terms of what that represents. Mm. And so, or the way that I, as a white man, relate to the person of Christ versus the way that a black person who has been historically oppressed, right, might relate to the person of Christ would, we would have fundamentally different lenses by which we might read the Bible, right? Mm. I would typically read myself as like the hero of the story, right, as opposed to potentially the oppressor or like the bad religious leader or something like that from my position of authority. Now, that's not to say that we need to get bogged down in those things. It is to say though that we have subtle nuances that we are all bringing hmm. to the text That's or really good. to church or to whatever because of our cultural conditioning. And so we cannot forego the secondary identities or the tertiary identities in some type of like idealized Naive understanding vacuum. yeah, that those don't impact us greatly.
1: That's really good. I hadn't thought about that, but now that you mentioned that, um, things like interpretation. Yes. Things like how you read the Bible. Yes. And how you practice it in your church traditions, how you relate to communities. Yes. Right? How you might relate to your police department. Correct. Right? Like, Correct. all these different things in everyday life are impacted. And I mean, I don't know what kind of word I would use here. If I don't know if I would use, I, I'm going to use influenced. Yeah. But yeah. I could use like tied to mm-hmm. maybe, uh, to those secondary identities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as a first generation uh, child of immigrants, yeah, like the way I read the Bible or the way that I drive um, at night when I see police officers around, Like, yeah, that's different mm-hmm. based on my experiences mm-hmm. from my immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. Would that be different if I had been here longer, more generations? Yeah, maybe. Uh, would that be different? Would I, like even uh, being male or, or female, right? right. like. I don't really think about walking to the liquor store at night. So yes, uh, all I'm trying to say is I think that it's easy to forget that all these different uh, secondary and tertiary identities, they really do impact all these things. And so I think that would be a legitimate um, discussion point to say, now, wait a minute, let's not just skip over that. Right. Because right. if we skip over it, then we're kind of missing the point. Well, and of, we can of, do... of what the other, of what CRT is
0: saying to yeah. begin with, and we can do that whole discussion out of the framework of at the foot of the cross, we're all equal. Yes, and that's fine. Right? Yes, we don't but have to deny that. Correct, and we shouldn't. That has to be like our primary yeah. focus yeah. or everything. We're
1: not. We don't have to forfeit and a
0: Christian worldview to talk about this. Yes, precisely. But the way that that equality manifests itself in a kingdom of the world is a different conversation. Than the way the kingdom of God, or equality in the kingdom ideals of God, look, look like. like. Yeah, oh, that,
1: that's that's a really good observation, because if we want the discussion to be what do these ideals look like, mm-hmm. then then yes, we would say, hey, there's no black or white or Latino person. We we should all be able to go to the same church and worship, and and the only flag that matters is the Christian one, the cross. Like yeah, that that's fine and dandy mm-hmm. as as a, a theoretical ideal theologically. But that's not what we're talking about.
0: Well, dude, and it's, that's never happened. That's not like the that most- That also has never happened. Like the most segregated hour in America, is right? It's always like Sunday, 10 a.m.
1: Right. Because like, you got the NFL. There, sure. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. And then Where you, the real
1: Christians are. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and then you have uh,
0: the Christians who separate <laughs> yeah, themselves. You got white church, black church, Asian church, Hispanic church. Right. There, right? And every right. other type of church, whatever it yeah, is. That's there. fascinating. And, and so- So
1: even at its theoretical uh, high point, or its- Theoretical optimism, we don't have that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the more lens that we can add to the discussion, right, typically it's going to give us a better and more nuanced understanding of the way people live, right. And so her comment, particularly like how the roads never intersect between oppressor and oppressed, uh, would from a CRT perspective would be wrong, right? Because even as a white male, there are areas in my life where I would be, you know, to kind of just use the the tongue-in-cheek parlance, where I'd be lower on the intersectional hierarchy. Right. In some areas. But because of other things that I have experienced in my life. Right. Like traumas or abuse or things that I've mm-hmm. gone through. Right. Mm-hmm. There'd be other areas where I would intersect with somebody who's a black woman. Right. And so we would have some common ground there. Right. Right. And, and so the idea with the um, culture and CRT is trapped within ethnicity. It's it's a little bit of a short selling of what CRT does when it's done. Well, and again, this is not CRT is bad when it's like white people suck and you're all trash, right? Like, you shouldn't (laughs) teach CRT that way, right? And I mean, you know, and to be fair, that is a way that it gets taught in some places, right? Yeah. And and so it's like you shouldn't make a seven year old boy or seven year old little white girl feel bad for being white, right? Right. We can't control that there. But the other idea of that is like the more we can attune ourselves to the different qualities that make us who we are, those, there's some good things in that because we can learn to love people. Better there because right. we can learn what needs are you know out of that what strengths come out of those things, and it's like, you know,
1: yeah. So I'll I'll leave it there. Yeah, so we I mean keep that's ducking. good. That's really <laughs> good because I I would also say that from the literature that we've read, particularly from Nathan Cartagena, yeah, um, that who who we talked about on our first episode, mm-hmm. who is a professor at Wheaton, right. meaning this is like same team, yeah, 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 yeah evangelical, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. It's not some some random liberal from like. I don't know, like uh, some school in, in Boston or something, right? right? <laughs> like yeah. um, this, this is in Wheaton, like one of the most anchored conservative schools in evangelicalism, right? So he's saying like, hold on, the observations being made here can be made from the universal platform of humanity, mm-hmm. meaning um, that if the conversation is about oppressed versus oppressor, it is not in a way that limits the categories of identity to that mm-hmm. so you can still have the foundational springboard of humanity where black women and white men have felt fear yeah have experienced um trauma like mm-hmm. you said have experienced uh pain yeah and that experiences like that transcend the oppressed versus oppressor category but don't eliminate them right right um that I mean, that seems a lot more compelling to me than having to 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 pick one or the other and ignoring everybody in the middle.
0: Well, yeah, and the sticking point for all of that is is always centered around the subject of like white supremacy, right? And so it's like you have whatever the sixteen nineteen project, and then like the seventeen seventy six project, or whatever, kind of created over and against that, yeah. right? And so it's like you got to understand that. The way somebody like uh, Frederick Douglass or Booker T. Washington understands the Declaration of Independence was like, this was a promissory note that hadn't been given to black people at that time. And it was something that we needed to make good on. So there is like this good, that's a good reframe, right? Like that's a really good reframe. But it was still like white male landowners that wrote the Declaration of Independence. And it was still like a country that was kind of founded by white guys and kind of as like a tax haven, right? It's like no taxation (laughs) without representation. There, But the idea being like, there was a very small group of people for whom it was originally constructed. And as we have gotten better, as America has gotten better, we have widened out that scope to be more full. And the idea here, Nathan Cartagena specifically says that like, there's a huge interest for CRT scholars to figure out how we can use these lenses of CRT to root out the hangovers of racism that may exist in certain pockets of Mm. institutions inside the United States. And, that shouldn't be a bad thing in, in my estimation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so again, how it gets implemented is obviously Correct. a different story. That's
1: the sticking point. Mm-hmm. And so some takeaways here are, number one, I agree with her conclusion. Christianity is a better way forward than critical race theory for the purposes of long-term racial reconciliation. Yes yeah. and amen. Yeah, I would agree. I just don't think we have to pick one or the other. Correct. Meaning Christianity is somehow unable to use observations from other disciplines mm-hmm. because that implication is pretty troubling um, because where do you draw the line? Right. Can we not use science? Could we right. not use history? Like, right, right. On what basis are we going to say we can't use that one right. unless it's on the basis of because it's specifically excluding Christian claims. Yeah. I'm not convinced it's doing that. Right. So I agree 100% with the conclusion. I think what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be an, a zero-sum
0: game. Yeah, I mean, all or nothing. Jesus uses race, race, ethnicity, gender to prove points, right? Like Jesus leans into, so maybe we can call it like some primitive CRT <laughs> premonitions, right? Just like <laughs> you look at the story of the Syrophoenician woman in Mark right. seven, That's it. right? And so it's like the triple outsider. This woman, like, like woman, she's a woman there. She's not from their area. Yeah. There and then. And she's poor. Yeah. And so it's like she doesn't have anything to do with what a rabbi would be doing there. Shouldn't be approaching him in a house, shouldn't be, you know, and, and it's like, Jesus uses all of these- Intersections. Historical markers of like, less than mm-hmm. in the Jewish understanding to prove this very significant and important theological point. And so it's like, if Jesus can look at the intersection of these types of things to do his ministry-
1: Then maybe it's not the devil.
0: Well, certainly we can find some good in it, I would imagine. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, other things I think are worth noting is that I don't think critical race theory is a worldview. Yeah. I don't think it's a, certainly not a religion, uh, not a kind of like theistic proposition. I also don't think it is a comprehensive narrative or story about the world and its uh, humanity significance in it. So to that degree, I don't think Christians need to feel necessarily threatened that it is replacing the Christian worldview. And we already talked about identity and how identity means a lot of different things. So the last thing I want to talk about is, all right, if let's say somebody's willing to play ball, like okay, fine. Maybe we can talk about it, but riddle me this: What does this actually look like mm-hmm. in policy? Because what, pe- what people are suggesting, and and like you said, we we fully conceded the implementation is a whole different conversation. Yeah, for sure. But how w- how would we actually implement this? Because inevitably, it goes back to wielding the club of the government, yeah. which
0: I'm just gonna say I'm suspicious of. Yeah
1: so i mean would would you have any helpful thoughts on that
0: yeah i mean i think the so i think there is a praxis component to this that can make people feel a little bit worried right it can be a a little bit scary but some of the conversations that i think uh around this that can be helpful are understanding it from its roots in the legal perspective right so small examples would be looking at different sentencing for black people using crack over and against white people using cocaine right and noticing a level of systemic injustice discrepancies right and so that would be a form of like this systemic racism, right? That we talk about or whatever that looks like there or redlining there or, right. right? I mean, there's a bevy um, of practices that de- have been, that have been found.
1: criminalizing so, weed maybe.
0: Yeah. And, and so I think understanding things or looking at where populations are disproportionately affected okay. and figuring out what the root causes of those might be. Sometimes it's just, you know, an inequality of outcome, right? Because people made Poor decisions. I think we need to leave room yeah. for that, and maybe yes. some of the more ardent CRT people would disagree with me there, okay. right? But I think personal responsibility yes. you know, it plays a role in this. Yes, there. But also looking at the larger subcontext there, yes. right, where it's like it's harder to get a home loan, you know, in certain places if you have a specific color of skin, or at least it was right for a long yeah. time there. Or different conversations around like property values and money being tied to money being tied for funding to the public school being based on the property value of right. the surrounding homes, right? Those right. can be examples of things that where we could look at and say hey, there are indiscriminate outcomes here. Is a hangover of racism or active racism still part of that equation, right?
1: So being willing to ask that without assuming that it is.
0: Correct, correct.
1: I think that would be a good kind of differentia there.
0: Well, because we don't want to substitute the God of the gaps theory with like the racism of the gaps. Exactly. Idea, right. So and, and I if think if something's wrong, well, it's people racism. tend to fall into that. Correct, yeah. Yeah. correct. And and That's a huge and, and this man. is
1: where, and, and this is where I would want to be clear that – we're probably disagreeing with people on both sides yeah, here yeah, and saying, sure. I'm not willing to say everything that's wrong yeah. with ra- racial discrepancies is racism. Yeah. I'm also not willing to say, well, if you're a Christian, then you don't even need to think about it. Yeah. Right. And, and we're overgeneralizing that, but that's, that would be a helpful place where yeah. like if, if states are going to push for a curriculum to teach this in elementary school, it would seem more helpful to me to teach this on a theoretical kind of hypothetical level of hey, this is what an area of study is suggesting. Mm-hmm. These are the questions they're asking mm-hmm. rather than something like white, bad, color, good. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know to what degree the people, the powers that may be and and where their interests might lie in some of that. And so I get being leery on that, but on a kind of academic or intellectual level, I think those are the conversations worth having. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. for sure. Yeah,
1: good stuff. What do you guys think? Um, are we being fair? and charitable enough in our disposition so that, or what questions do you think we're missing um, in our perspective on that? Leave us a comment. We would love to interact with you guys on this topic, and we'll see you guys next time on Kingdom Thinking.